Well, that was not fun tonight. The first road game of the year didn't go too well for the Milwaukee Bucks, and it truly wasn't all that competitive. The Bucks lost tonight 130-111 to to the Toronto Raptors. We're going to break down all of the action from tonight's loss and more on this episode of Locked on Bucks. You are Locked on Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Appreciate you tuning in and thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first watch or first listen of the day. I'm your host, Camille Davis. You can catch me weekly on the Technical File podcast as well as Cheesehead TV's Carry the G and MKE. Joining me is the founder of BrewHoop.com and longtime voice of the pod, Frank Madden. Today's episode was brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Frank, where do we even begin? The Bucks lose <laughs> 130 to 111. Spoiled head coach Adrian Griffin's return to Toronto. I mean, both the offense and the defense looked shaky throughout this game. And when you take a look at our leading scorer, it was Malik Beasley. I'm not sure. <laughs> How many folks would have guessed that going into the game when you have a dynamic duo of Giannis and Dame who combined for 31, that Malik Beasley getting 20 in this game would lead all scorers on the Milwaukee Bucks. But that is the case this evening. Chris Middleton was off to a pretty hot start before he cooled down his limited minutes. And then look at Toronto. I mean, if my math is correct, the starting five of the Raptors shot 68% from the field. Every single starter finished the game in double-digit points, and it just was not a good night for the Bucks. Yeah, uh, some problems are have been a continuation of what we've seen all year. Transition defense, complete dumpster fire. Transition offense, complete dumpster fire. Uh, and then a new problem: the offense, uh, defensive rebounding, which had been actually a a point of strength so far this season, kind of carrying over from last year. You know, at least not giving up second chance opportunities. And tonight, uh, yeah, about that. And the Raptors have been a very good offensive rebounding team the last couple of years. But, you know, over 40% rebound rate. I swear to God, Camille, if you told, if you asked me and if you told me that they got 60% of their three-point misses that they rebounded them, I'd believe it. Like it, it literally felt like every three-pointer they missed, they got a second chance off of it sometimes multiple second chances, you know, multiple three-point misses, and they would get second chances and reloads. And, I mean, you know, it's sort of one of those things, like, you, you think, like, oh, man, you know, your new coach is going back to face his old team. Hopefully mm-hmm. he's got, you know, he knows those guys on the other side. You know, his, his, his team's going to want to really give their best effort to try to give get him a win in his return. And, you know, like, the Bucks just completely laid an egg from the outset, right? The three-point shooting was... I think, I think the Raptors would hit like, I don't know if it was six to 12 or something like that, right? They had like six three-pointers in the first quarter. Bucks were, I think, started at least 0 for 7, 0 for 8. They were 1 for 12 at one point. Kind of like the Hawks game, they somehow managed <laughs> to not be that far off at the at the final whistle in terms of three-point shooting. Atlanta or uh, Toronto went cold in the third quarter. But yeah, I mean, this was another case where Bucks just like didn't seem particularly well prepared, particularly organized. Mm-hmm. 
and you know, again, like, um, I sometimes joke, right. When you get a blowout, you know, you kind of talk about like burning the videotape, a lot of, a lot of videotape getting burnt in this first week of the NBA season, Camille, more than I would have cared to, to, to want to, to have to burn. Uh, it's, uh, it's not a good time in the video room right now for the Milwaukee Bucks. I would imagine as I was watching that, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing over and over. Like when we got to halftime and I was just looking at it, I was like, how are we getting out rebounded this badly? At half, the Raptors had 32 rebounds and the Bucks only had 16. Like it was double of what the Bucks were able to do. Points in the paint was also just disgusting to look at, especially when you heard Adrian Griffin come in and he says, you know, he believes in some of the same things that Bud does philosophically when it comes to how you defend on NBA court, right? Don't give up shots at the rim, limit three-point shooting. That's what we're trying to do here with this Bucks team. He's executing it differently, and that might be another thing to discuss there, like is execution uh, in the scheme and personnel a fit? But we can get into that a little bit later. And you look at it and you're just kind of like, okay, if this is what we're trying to do, why is this failing so terribly in the moment? Because even when the Raptors three-point shooting went cold uh, after the game, after that hot start they had, if you look at the final box score, it pretty much evened up with the three-point shooting. Mm -hmm. But the Raptors were able to just continuously score in easy ways as the game continued. And that was part of the problem for me where I'm like, we are giving up open runs to the hoop. The point of attack defense is looking terrible. And I knew that with having Damian Lillard in as our point guard, we're giving up some defense. And as a Bucks fan, we haven't been used to a point guard that is weak at the point of attack um, since Giannis really ascended into his stardom. Even before we had Drew Holiday, we had Eric Bledsoe, another guy who was great on defense at the point of attack. And you're watching Dame, and it's just kind of like, it's just, it's not good right now. And when you pair him with Malik Beasley, for all the offensive firepower that he brings to the team, defensively, it's still a concern with this backcourt here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like, I, I just think back, there was a, I think it was the, maybe the third quarter, um, you know, Marjan Bochamp, who's one of, one of the few guys that can move his feet and keep uh, an opposing guard in front of him. You know, Marjan's gotten run against kind of the best guards that the Bucks have faced um, kind of at various points here early in the season. And there was a play where I think, I don't know if it was off a reload, but might as well have been right. But Gary Trent got the ball top of the key and just drove right past him and just blew right by him for a layup. And, that was just kind of the night that that it was right um just really lethargic i mean felt like a back-to-back -back or something right mm -hmm. which it was not it was not a back-to-back -back. it was yes it was the third game in four days but um you know i i don't know i just the, i don't think there's any excuse for a performance like this um i think again i, I know we were kind of talking a bit about you know what's what are like real concerns versus what are kind of just early season noise and, and whatever it might be. Right. Um, I think there's a, a bit of both going on with the box right now. I mean, bright side is they've played very poorly and they're two and two. So I, I guess, I guess it could be worse, right? Like, you know, they barely hung on to beat the Sixers on opening night and, mm -hmm. you know, did everything they could in that fourth quarter to give away a, a blowout win against the heat on Monday, who, by the way, the heat are, are one and four. So, you know, maybe not anything to write home about having beat the heat, you know, Jimmy Butler, I think, um, is dealing with some injuries now. He looked weirdly deferential in that game. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, they come back home to get the Knicks on Friday. And, you know, we've seen the Bucks struggle in early seasons. We've seen mm -hmm. them, you know, I think like game two of 
the t title um, defense year, they had the great win on opening night against Brooklyn and they got just the doors blown off in Miami. Um, I think the 21 season when they won the championship, I think they started like two and three. They had a three and four. So that might've might been the year they all started like three and four. I mean, again, like they've had some really good starts for year one of Bud. They had a great start, well, seven and oh. And then last mm -hmm. year, perhaps most surprisingly, they had, what were they, nine and oh or whatever it was to start the year, even with Chris and Pat Connaughton out. So they've had kind of a mixed bag. We've seen some early season struggles. We've seen some hot starts from this team during the Bud era. Um, but clearly this is this is not a team that is firing on all cylinders. And, you know, some of the things we talked about the other day, you know, Giannis, I don't know what he have two assists tonight. Like, mm -hmm. I think like the, the whole concept of him under Bud, like kind of knowing where guys are going to be and being able to essentially like drive and then kick to spots where he's going to have shooters. His playmaking, again, it just seems like he's trying to figure out where where guys are going to be. He's still trying to figure out, obviously, the pick and roll combination with Dame. That didn't look any better tonight. They got off to a slow start with Toronto hitting threes and the Bucks just kind of firing blanks. So, um, you know, again, like there's been nothing dynamic about that duo <laughs> so far. <laughs> like they've been like individually dynamic at times, mm -hmm. but um, certainly the the pair, the pairing itself has not really unlocked anything. Um, and again, I, I'll ask you the question. I, I would say if, if, if you started with, you know, the things I'm, you know, that have been bad, but I'm not really worried about, I would probably start with the offense. You know, I think they're still around like slightly above average, you know, just in terms mm -hmm. of league rankings offensively in terms of efficiency. So, I mean, the numbers are not like horrible, but obviously this is an offense. You, you don't get Dame Lillard to be an average offense, right? right. You get Dame Lillard because you expect that, that he's going to put you in a position to be an absolute elite offense. The ability to have Giannis out there with him or you know with Chris Middleton and staggering Dame right which at this point like honestly that seems like probably the better plan keep Giannis and Chris together more stagger Dame and Giannis because they don't really seem to be kind of being additive to one another um but I'm probably less worried about the offense um curious to kind of get what your take is I mean is there anything about the offense that you are worried about because Again, as much as I think the defense is sort of the red flashing light of this team right now, the offense certainly also has not lived up to the expectations. We didn't necessarily expect the defense to be great, but we expected the offense to be great. Yeah. And the offense has also not lived up to kind of the billing. And that's the difference. And I definitely want to talk more about that because I have a lot of thoughts about <laughs> the offense and particularly the defense, to your point. But first, I want to talk about our friends from Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. I personally love playing Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. So instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you just pick more than or less than on two to six different player stat projections and you watch the winnings roll in. Prize Picks is really simple to play. I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. I don't know about y'all, but for me, when I win, I like my money quickly. And that's another thing that I love about prize picks. You get quick withdrawals. And also, they include uh, Apple Pay now for quick and easy deposits into your account, which makes it even easier to get your money in addition to the easy gameplay. So go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit matchup of up to $100. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first time deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. 
Now, Frank, again, you posed a great question um, around this Bucks team. And before I answer that, I do just want to also say make sure that you all tune in to tomorrow's show when we preview uh, the Bucks' first in-season tournament game against the Knicks. It'll be me and Justin. That's a 6.30 tip on ESPN. And hopefully we get better results on Friday than what we got here today. <laughs> So <laughs> that, that green, that green stripe on the court, that's going to make all the difference. Yes. I think, I think that, this is the problem, which is, it's the floors. Floors yes, clearly just have not. That... Exactly. We got to turn the page. We need a green ass lime green floor <laughs> and uh, Dame Lillard will start hitting threes again and it'll be, it'll be fine. Maybe we'll get back on defense, you know, every once in a while, <laughs> we'll turn the page. We're going to see about that. That's for sure. But <laughs> one thing with this team, so thinking about, concerns or anything like that because you look at twitter bug twitter is already getting split on this right for me with a new head coach in place plus a new point guard plus a new scheme i already assumed that there was going to be an adjustment period with this team of some sort to your point i thought that the biggest adjustment would be on defense not so much offense because in my mind i'm like this pairing of dame and Giannis is a really clean fit i would think that the pick and roll was going to be a mainstay part of this offense. And I haven't seen it as frequently as I thought that I would so far through these first four games. In addition to that, I haven't even seen Dame have the ball in his hands as much as I thought that he would mm -hmm. in this offense, which has been a shock to me. Um, so offensively, it's kind of like, okay, these are things I think that can continue to be worked out as guys continue to play it together a little bit more um, because I feel like the bulk of the offense is going to come off of that duo of Dame and Giannis. Uh, because in part, their gravity creates so much for everyone else around them as well. And when it comes to defense, I mentioned already, we went from Eric Bledsoe to Drew Holiday and now to Damian Lillard. And I thought the defense could be shaky, but I did not think that it would be, uh, how do I say this? So much of a situation <laughs> where it feels like a a square peg going into a round hole. Like it doesn't seem like we are matching up personnel and scheme well. You brought it up during our post-game show um, earlier this week and talked about how the usage of Brooke Lopez is kind of questionable at the moment. And tonight's game, I'm looking at I'm like, Brooke only played 17 minutes, which was really fascinating because uh, Adrian Griffin ran out uh, Giannis at five center or at five combo for a little bit. And Brooke just didn't see the court the rest of the third quarter once he came out for Chris Middleton. And I just don't seem to understand after Adrian Griffin came in and mentioned the fact that the bones of this team is good. I don't have to change all that much. Why he's insistent upon Brooke trapping and being far away from the rim uh, when his greatest strength is being as close to the rim as he possibly can. Brooke in his own, cool. That makes sense to me. Brooke in a drop, cool. Brooke trapping, not so much. And again, with the point guards there, uh, the trapping, when you are a trapping defense, it's going to require your communication to be so, so good, and you have to be sharp on the rotations. And once the bugs start getting into that scramble mode, everything seems to break down. And I'm unsure at this point if that's personnel solely or if it's just they need to continue to learn how to play in this particular scheme. But I would love to know what you think about possible concerns and if you're panicking about anything for the team because I'm not panicking at this point. It's only four games in. We're two and two. But – I do think that these are some things to keep an eye on because it's not looking good so far. Yeah. I mean, 
I was looking at the some of the numbers today. I mean, I think, you know, the shot chart, right? Like in mm-hmm. terms of where opponents are getting shots, even in this game, I think the Raptors actually didn't get many shots at the rim. I think it was only like low 20% ish, something like that. Um, compared to last year, Bucks were one of the best in the league, allowing only 28% of opponent shots at the rim. This they came into this game well below that in the first, you know, again, it's three games. So I know small mm-hmm. sample size and all that. But even tonight, I mean, they it's not like they're rolling out the red carpet to allow tons and tons of shots at the rim. Um, the weird thing that weird, quote unquote, <laughs> slash concerning is that teams are shooting 80%. At the right. Rim. So it's kind of what we were talking about the other night. And tonight it was the exact same thing. Toronto didn't get a lot of shots at the rim, but they shot over 80% when they did get shots at the rim. You know, there were tip-ins, just like broken plays, you know, transition stuff, like, you know, two-on-o, three-on-o runouts mm-hmm. a couple times um, compared to, you know, the Bucks, like that two-on-one with that Jay Crowder, like couldn't make a layup, you know, like even Giannis in transition, like looks kind of like he he doesn't kind of isn't, isn't able to find kind of the rhythm that, that we've seen from him. Um, you know, over the course of his career. So, um, so yeah, I think the, the shot chart is, is maybe okay right now, but they're allowing again, lots of dunks at the rim. So breakdowns, miscommunication, I think are part of that, as Mm -hmm. you were alluding to, um, guys just getting free. I think, you know, Brooke getting stuck, you know, up upstream, um, and then not able to get back. I was looking at the the numbers that the NBA tracks around rim protection. So last year, Brooke allowed Brooke on average inside six feet. They had him as kind of like closest defender um, against about eight shots per game and opponents shot pretty much 50%, which is great, right? Giannis mm-hmm. was also kind of similar, right? If you can limit teams to shooting 50%, like basically in the basket area, like that's really good. Um, and I was kind of curious. I was like, you know, is, is he contesting fewer shots, you know, or is our teams, you know, scoring on him are they not doing it and it was interesting i mean he he's not still averaging like it was coming to this game it was still like eight shots a game against him in that area so pretty much the exact same volume of shots um teams had made five even per per game so 63 percent, 62 percent shooting obviously that's you know notably worse than 51 percent, 50 percent, whatever he was at last year but again like we're talking about three games right like right you're literally saying like if they missed like one or two layups he blocks one or two more shots then you're back sort of in the range that that you would expect it to be so um so I don't, I don't know that there's like any sort of smoking gun there but i think we can all see it right i mean even if brooke isn't trapping on every play or something like that he's consistently coming out further on the screen and you know i kind of joked about it last game in the miami game that you know there was that moment fourth quarter where it just seemed like his body language is just like really i'm out here again doing this mm-hmm. um so I, I don't know. I mean, tonight he also really struggled offensively. It was one out of eight. Yeah. Um, by the way, there was that play in the first first quarter where like he got the ball and I love Brooke Lopez. You know I love Brooke. We all do. But like he he predetermines that he's going to shoot at times. And he's so good at those like weird step back, off balance jump shots. Like he's got such great touch that he gets away with it at times. But like he did that tonight and he got blocked. Like he looked like yeah. he caught the ball, wanted to shoot a three, wasn't there, just starts like dribbling in and then awkwardly steps back and gets like blocked. And it was just like, Brooke, that was the dumbest ass shot like 
like you could possibly take. You clearly had no intention of passing. <laughs> My dude passed the damn ball. There was nothing good was going to come of that. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's an interesting question. I, mean, I, I don't know. I, you know, I'd love to know kind of what Brooke was thinking, is thinking right about now. Mm-hmm. And I'd really like to know what Adrian Griffin and that coaching staff is thinking right now. I'd love to know what John Horse is thinking right now. John Horse and Wes Edens, they lived through the Jason Kidd era, right? Like, like yeah. they've, they've seen, again, you know, they didn't have, Jason Kidd didn't have Brooke Lopez, um, but he had an aggressive defense that didn't work. Didn't have the shot chart that this one has, by the way. They gave up tons of shots at the rim. Um, and, and honestly, too, like the, this team, they, they've not allowed like just an absolute ton of, of three-point attempts. They've actually not allowed a lot of corner threes either. So there's like, there, there's like some, you know, I'm trying to find little nuggets of like positivity here. You can see here. a little. There, you know, like there's, it's not like all horrendous, but, and interestingly, I mean, like the, the half court defense, you know, half court offense versus half court defense has basically been break, was basically break even, at least going into this game. And even in this game, I think the Bucks actually had a higher points per play number than the Raptors in half court. The problem is the points per play doesn't factor in offensive rebounds and the Raptors got <laughs> over 40% of their own misses. So they were, you know, overall destroyed the bucks in the half court. So, um, so yeah, it's just, it, it's just frustrating to watch. And again, like I just keep coming back, man, like this transition defense stuff, like, yeah, I get it. You don't have Drew holiday anymore, but I mean, the bucks are currently dead last in the frequency with which teams get out and get transition opportunities on defense. They're dead last in terms of points per play that are allowed in transition defense. And again, you say like, well, some of it's like turnovers and stuff. Yeah, the turnovers are hurting, but they're dead last in the frequency that teams are creating transition opportunities off of live rebounds. And they're dead last in terms of points per play off live rebounds as well. So to me, like if you're not getting back off of just like misses, that's like laziness, scheme, like take your pick, right? Like yeah. that doesn't like everybody, everybody's got mud on them when that those when you see those kinds of stats. And it's not just, you know, again, it's not just bad luck, right? Like three point variance, stuff like that. We see that. We've seen it in these games, right? Like they'll have bad luck in the first mm-hmm. half and then it comes back a bit in the second half. Um, they've definitely had some bad luck in terms of three point variance a, a bit. They're middle of the pack offense. They've had bad luck in terms of opponents hitting a lot of threes. So some of that will come back, but, but yeah, there's just some like fundamental kind of like red flags. And I think the transition defense, and then, as you said, like the Brook Lopez, like how they're using Brook Lopez. Like, I mean, if this is just to kind of like get him out of his comfort zone and try some new stuff and like, okay, we're going to reel it back here pretty soon. If, if things continue to go back that way, like, eh, okay, I guess. But it also just feels like kind of like an IQ test. Like, okay, here's an easy question, guys. Like, how do you how do you use Brook Lopez defensively? Right? This is an easy question, right? Oh shit, you don't know how to do you don't know you don't know how to use Brook Lopez on defense? Oh man, we might be in trouble. So I again, we're four games into the Adrian Griffin era. Like, you know, I'm not gonna like bury the guy at this point, but it's just it it's like, you know, like when when the average fan can obviously see that you're doing something yeah. tactically that doesn't make sense people are going to get pissed, right? People are going to get frustrated. And again, the patience level is going to run low. So I don't blame Bucks fans for being annoyed or impatient. Um, and again, it doesn't mean like we got to be panicking and you know saying that like, you know, season is, is in peril or whatever, but um, yeah, there's, there's stuff to clean. <laughs> there's stuff oh, to absolutely. clean up. Absolutely. There's, a, there's a lot to clean up and 
it definitely doesn't make me feel good about whatever they the coaching staff did in preseason and training camp that we're talking about some of this stuff right now in the first week of the preseason. That's a very fair point. And it reminds me a little bit in a different way uh, of when Bud was just trying different things out throughout the regular season and trying to see what would stick. Um, and I do want to talk to you a little bit more about personnel and rotations and just if there's any other concerns there. But uh, first, I want to talk about FanDuel. Now, I know a lot of Packers fans don't want to hear about the NFL season, but with FanDuel, you can score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. And you don't have to bet on the Packers necessarily. So, like, even though the Packers are catching L's, you can catch a dub in FanDuel by betting on another team. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get into the action. The app is really easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. They even have like a parlay hub that puts together some pre-made parlays for you in case you just want to throw five bucks at something and see what sticks. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Now. I mentioned the fact that it, I kind of had a bud flash flashback in a way of seeing like, hey, there was the year championship year where he was just trying out different schemes and seeing if it fits. And I feel like a new head coach should get a certain level of grace, a certain level, not all the grace in the world of just trying to figure out what guys can do and how they might fit into a scheme. At some point, the coach has to figure out what his personnel can do and then adjust his scheme to fit the personnel of the team that they actually have. Because I think I said this with Justin yesterday, but he pretty much inherited this Bucks team. Uh, it's pretty much the same as last year outside of a few different additions, uh, but the core is still the same. We saw in the draft when he went with uh, Andre Jackson Jr. and Chris Livingston that these are guys that wouldn't have been on a Bud team, but they fit what you know Adrian Griffin is trying to run with his scheme. And we saw throughout the game, he ran a lot of different lineups. We saw just about everybody today outside of Robin Lopez in this game. and. Because it was a blowout, we got to see some of those young bucks get some run. Like we saw the first NBA baskets from Chris Livingston and Andre Jackson Jr. And, you know, Frank, a lot of people always say, like, you know, Frank can Frank can go. What I want to do in this moment, if this podcast was basketball, I want to pass you the rock and I want you to go ISO. I mean, like five minutes of ISO Frank Madden ball, because I'm curious when looking at these rotations and like some of the young players, there's reasons why Bucks fans have optimism around some of these young guys, the athleticism, ability to move their feet a little bit quicker. You see like maybe this could fit a little bit better. I'm one of those people. That's part of why like Marjan is so interesting to me. Um, Andre Jackson Jr. shows a little bit, but you know, he's a rookie. Can't necessarily count on him when playoffs come, but in the regular season now. So all that being said, I want to give you like five minutes of ISO Frank Madden ball. And I'm just really curious to know like what you think about rotations and some of the guys on this team here and how they might be able to fit or not fit into the scheme that Adrian Griffin is trying to run. You know, I would honestly say like the, the, like the rotations, like the core of like who he's playing versus not playing. That's probably like my, like the least of my concerns right now, I would say. Um, and, and I guess, I, I don't know, I feel like Kane always framed me as like this, you know, of the youths, um, you know, the old man. 
yeah, the old man, you know, yelling for Chris, you know, Chris Livingston and Andre Jackson Jr. to get off his lawn um, <laughs> and, you know, uh, go, go read a book. It's fitting. It's fitting. Every day is no. The the internet is going to freeze for us at least once when Frank Madden is talking. And how fitting that it happens when I'm giving him an ISO and I'm clearing out and I'm like, I want to hear your thoughts. And we get a we get a little freeze action going on. So hopefully Frank pops back in here quickly because I am really curious to hear what he thinks. Because I mean, if I've listened to the show for a while, I've been talking to Frank about this team for a while and one thing that we have heard um, Frank mentioned. But I've had no. Yeah. Oh, you were yeah, frozen I've, there for a second. So we missed you oh, for oh, oh, a while oh. there. It cut right on oh. out, right? <laughs> right did when it, you were saying, it. get off my lawn. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was just saying, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go tell Marjan and Chris Livingston and and uh, Andre that they need to go, you know, read a book and quit bouncing that ball loud in my yard or something like that. But um but uh, I, I, yeah, I like the way. Actually, I've been, I've had no problem with with Griffin's sort of early season rotation in terms of, you know, um, Marjan being kind of that like flex defensive guy off the bench. Um, I like the fact that he's let him play through fouls, right? Which, yes. you know, I think, I think especially with like these bench guys, like worrying about foul trouble. Like, are, are we really worried about Marjan Bochamp fouling out? Like. Oh no, we won't have him for the last six minutes of the game. Like, who cares, right? Let right. the guy work through some stuff. You know, he had three fouls kind of early in that Hawks game. Um, I was totally fine with with just kind of letting him play and letting him honestly like kind of learn on the <laughs> learn on the job a little bit. That's how you want. Yeah, especially given things weren't going well, like kind of generally. Um, you know, I don't think I think other than that, I mean, I think Andre is the only guy that especially given the defensive concerns and just the kind of just some of this, like the energy deficit stuff and the lack of size that they have on the wing. Um, I think Andre is the only guy that I want to see get real minutes at some point here um, early in the season, just to kind of see if maybe he can be part of, of, of some solution. And, and, you know, I definitely have concerns about his, his offense just in general. I mean, not just his shooting, like he, you know, he just doesn't know how to score. Um, but you know, I think, especially like in Dame lineups where Giannis is on the bench, put him out there, right? Like throw Andre out there. I'm not really as worried about the spacing around Dame uh, as I am about Giannis. So, um, so I think that's the only. I mean, I think Andre's probably the only guy. I'd say like, yeah, like, it'd be interesting to see him get more of a shot. But, uh, but other than that, I mean, I think I think Griffin's playing the right guys in general. Um, and you know, maybe we could point to a few occasions like we've seen some. You know, especially with Chris out, it makes it a bit. Where Chris limited, yeah. yeah, it makes it a little bit harder um, at times to have enough playmaking on the floor. Um, like we've seen some like all bench units at times, which is like, you know, like if Chris is technically playing and you've got Damon Giannis, like can we really not figure out a way to get like at least one of those guys on the floor at all times? But, um, but you know, for the most part, I mean, the Bucks are losing because they're getting killed when their best players on the floor. <laughs> you know? Like it's not like we're sitting around here saying like, oh, like dynamic duo is killing but like man all these robin lopez lineups are killing us like no the starting lineup is is killing us like you know the fact that Giannis and dame can't figure out you know how to play winning basketball together consistently like that's the problem right and Mm -hmm. and again i as we were saying earlier like i'm not 
I'm not fundamentally worried about, you know, them understanding how to figure, you know, kind of out the offensive side of the game. Like they're, they're too talented not to figure that out. Um, and again, I think the, as we said the other day, I think for Dame, the, the conditioning stuff is part of it too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we'll see. I mean, Dame's shooting 29% from three. He's had slow starts before. That's not uncommon with him. Um, he's still getting to the free throw line. He's still showing burst, getting to the rim, you know, uh, enough. So I think it's just, honestly, they just need to figure out just kind of like spacing and a bit of just the comfort level on offense. But yeah, the defense is, is what I'm most concerned about. And that's where, um, you know, I, I do question, I hate to call out Malik Beasley on a night where he was like basically the only one that could make shots, right? right? 20 points, six and nine from three, um, tonight. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just like, Guys, we're not we're not gonna see Malik Beasley starting in playoff games. Like we just can't. <laughs> just, can't that's that can't happen. Like it's a recipe to get cooked if that happens. It's it's a recipe for barbecue chicken. And mm-hmm. you know, again, like that's not just a Malik problem, that's a Damian Lillard problem as well. Yeah. Um, and so again, like this is the question, like how do they how do they solve that? I don't know, right? Is it Marjan? I don't think it's probably Andre, but, um, or maybe most likely, I think it probably has to be somebody that's not on the roster right now, but, um, yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I I mean, let me ask you, I mean, we obviously saw a little bit of run from the the younger guys tonight. Um, you know, I would say this too, like Chris Livingston, like I I don't see, I don't see anything from (laughs) him that, you know, whatever. And then AJ green too. Like, I mean, look, I, 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 I like the idea of like if the Bucks are having a night like tonight, like bring him in the second quarter when you're like 0 for 8 from three, bring in AJ Green, right? F it. Bring in AJ Green, see if he can have three, right? Because he's a guy that has shown to be kind of one of those microwave shooters. But like as far as like a regular rotation player, I mean, unless you've got a number of injuries, like I'm I'm not really worried about AJ Green getting yeah. getting kind of regular minutes, especially given the defensive concerns that that we talked about. But what I mean, what's do you feel like, man? There's there's you know whether it's Andre or Marjan or whatever. I mean, is there anything you're seeing rotation wise where you feel like, man, that that could be further optimized than it is right now? Yeah, I'll answer this quick and then we can wrap up here. But uh, Andre Jackson Jr. and Marjan are two guys who I want to see more. And with Malik Beasley being part of this team. I would actually like to see him and Dame split a little bit more. So you always have at least some offensive firepower coming from that guard spot. Like we could stagger the two of them a little bit more. I'd be really happy with that, especially if we could incorporate um, Jay Crowder's been playing well. And I think that his defense has been good, but thinking about wing defenders, I just want to see those young guys get some more opportunity there. And I would like to see Dame and Malik get staggered a little bit more because the two of them together defensively is just not working uh, too well at this point. And I don't think that that can change because that is based on how the players actually play. They can't change how tall they are. They can't change their lateral quickness. Like that is what it is. So that's what I would do uh, primarily when it comes to like the rotation is splitting up those two guys. And you already mentioned Andre and Marjan. I would love to see them get some more playing time, but we're going to get out of here. I think that's enough misery from tonight's game. <laughs> Make sure you all tune into Locked On Bucks tomorrow when we preview the Knicks game on Friday. Hey, listen, I appreciate everybody for tuning in. Time is valuable. You can't get that back. So I'm thankful. And I hope you come back. Can't, can't get those, can't time. get those two and can't get those two and a half hours back from the Bucks. The Bucks stole nope. that time from you. So nope. We apologize. <laughs> so we're gonna get out of here. We're not gonna steal any more of anyone else's time. <laughs> we're gonna get out of here and we'll talk to you all tomorrow. <laughs>